Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. I want to take the opportunity to introduce a brand new teaching series, and uh, it's called My Bad Slash No, My Good Habits. You know, when we talk about our habits, I think most of us can uh, easily identify a few of our bad habits. In fact, uh, I want you to take a moment and think of one of yours. Uh, what's one of your bad habits? If you're having a hard time getting your brain around it, if you're married, maybe you can think of one of your spouse's bad habits. No, don't do that. That would not be a good habit for you to do. Uh, you know, uh, what's amazing, even the Apostle Paul uh, had some bad habits that he had a hard time kicking. In fact, uh, he writes these words, uh, for I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, uh, this I keep on doing. And so it's amazing, you know, our habits uh, exert a very powerful influence, not only on our experience of life, but on our experience of God. And, uh, you know, one of our uh, literists uh, wrote uh, this about the habits that we uh, set in our lives. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, said this, you sow an act and you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow or you plant a character and you reap a destiny. Well, uh, what's that saying? That our habits uh, powerfully influence the quality and the direction of our lives. And uh, what we're going to talk about in this series, though, is not our bad habits. We're going to talk about our good habits those habits that uh, when we establish them, they take us to wonderful places. They produce wonderful destinies and outcomes uh, in our lives. And in fact, there's this idea called keystone habits. And uh, these are habits that automatically lead to multiple positive behaviors and positive impacts in our lives. I hear that again, a keystone habits are those few things that if we can establish them, they, they open the way that it's like a domino effect. Uh, we establish a keystone habit and it uh, leads into other multiple positive behaviors that produce positive outcomes in our lives. Uh, here's another way of saying it. Keystone habits uh, spark chain reactions that help other good habits take hold. Well, uh, in this series, what I want to share with you is some of my own keystone habits that have been sifted. I've gone through the best of the best. These are the cream of the crop, the top shelf, the blue ribbon, keystone habits that I've identified that I think 
have the greatest potential to change the trajectory of our lives and our experience of God. And, you know, and uh, as I uh, put these five uh, keystone habits uh, out in front of you in this series, you know, I think some of them you'll probably say, oh, well, I would have expected that, uh, but maybe had a hard time uh, engaging with that habit in your life. Uh, but I think some of the other ones that I put out in front of you, you may go, huh, you know, I never really thought of that uh, as being a, a habit that I should really uh, pattern into my life and my lifestyle. Well, that being said, are you ready for the first one? Uh, here's the first good habit that can set down a pathway uh, of really positive, hugely positive outcomes in our lives. Uh, here it is. Uh, the habit is uh, every day I find a way to uh, marvel at God. Every day I find a way to marvel and uh, to uh, be amazed at the nature of God. And maybe you're thinking, ah, that's one of those ones I didn't really, didn't really ponder. It didn't come to mind as a, a need to have habit in my life. Uh, I want to kind of unpack this little bit with you. Uh, the idea of marveling uh, has this definition, to be filled with wonder and astonishment, uh, to be filled with wonder and astonishment at God, the creator. And I happen to believe and have discovered that if we have that one habit alone, it uh, opens many, many doors of experiencing God into our lives. You know, in fact, uh, Jesus, I believe, uh, demonstrated and taught this habit about being filled with a sense of awe and wonder, marveling at the nature of God. In fact, uh, he was dismayed when he saw what a little view most people had of God and his abilities. Well, on one occasion, uh, Jesus was praying in his disciples. They noticed uh, he didn't pray like they did. He didn't pray like the leaders of his time. There was something about the prayer, the communion that Jesus had with his Father in heaven that was noteworthy. It took him back, it took him by surprise. And on one occasion, they came to him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray the way you do. We'd like to do that. Here's what he said to them. He said, when you pray, you ought to start like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, uh, you know, we can uh, make that kind of a religious instruction, like uh, holy be your name and uh, reverend, reverence your name. But uh, I happen to believe uh, Jesus was really saying the pathway to the kind of prayer that invites the activity of God into our lives begins with a recognition. God is amazing. God is incredible. God is infinite, <laughs> infinitely greater than uh, we could even imagine. And, uh, you know, recognizing that, the immensity of God is, I believe, where spiritual health begins. Uh, recognizing the greatness and the awesomeness of God is where uh, our spiritual world uh, finds a place to anchor and to begin to build health. You know, uh, the prophet Isaiah, as he talked about uh, a nation, God's own people that had drifted into a godless experience, they had created all kinds of things in their lives that took the place of God, that tried to fill 
that God-shaped void in them. And as Isaiah was calling them back to a real experience of their creator, one of the things he continually uh, put his finger on is, is God is greater than you give him credit for. In fact, God can't be defined by our little formulas and our activities, even our religious ones. And so Isaiah uh, would say, you know, who of you uh, can counsel God? Who of you knows the mysteries of God? In fact, uh, God is immeasurable. He said all the oceans of the world God holds in the hollow of his hand. And uh, he he points at their, their religious efforts to define God. He says, look, You could take all the forests of Lebanon, take all the timber, pile them into a sacrificial smoke offering to God, and they would be nothing but a wisp. And what's he saying? You can't define God. You can't confine God by your routines. He is God, and you are not. And that's a great recognition. It's a point of spiritual health. In fact, I think it's at the core of the The 12-step program for recovery begins with this acknowledgement. I I had to acknowledge my need for a higher power that I couldn't fix myself. I didn't have all the resources I needed to dig my way out of the hole that I created for myself. You know, uh, Psalm 19 is a wonderful uh, invitation to marvel At the immensity of God, I love these words. Uh, The psalmist writes, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they reveal knowledge. What's the psalmist saying? Uh, You can look at the heavens, the immensity, and realize God is unfathomable. He's infinite. In fact, uh, you know, recently I've been marveling at some of the images that have come uh, to us uh, through this uh, new space telescope called the Webb Telescope. It's uh, launched deeper into space than any previous uh, telescopes. It has greater capabilities. And uh, this one image here, just incredible. Uh, One of the things they do is uh, open the lens on this telescope and allow uh, hours and hours of data to pour in before they try to reproduce the images it's capturing. And uh, one of these latest images uh, taken from the Webb Telescope uh, shows what they've called the Jade's Galaxy. And it's estimated, uh, get this, uh, that the light uh, coming from that galaxy took 33 billion light years to arrive at that camera lens. Now you think about that, uh, how fast light travels, 186,000 miles in a second. Then you multiply that by 60 seconds in a minute, by 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, 365 days, 66 on a leap year. And then you multiply that by 33 billion And uh, that's a long ways for that light to travel, to arrive, uh, showing us that there are galaxies beyond anything we imagine, millions and trillions more stars, all of them spoken into existence by this eternal, immense God. And if that doesn't cause you to marvel, uh, nothing will. And, uh, you know, uh, it should wow us. We should recognize and acknowledge and celebrate that we have a creator 
who, who is far beyond us. And uh, as I said, uh, when we marvel at the nature of God, it invites uh, health uh, into our spiritual uh, response to him. Uh, you know, Paul, the apostle, wrote about this revelation of God through what has been created. Uh, he said in the opening chapter of his letter to the Romans, ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, that's what we're talking about here, that uh, pour out to us through the heavens, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature are clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Uh, you know, uh, this, is a, this is a great habit to get into. Uh, pinch yourself every day. Find a way to marvel at the immensity, the beauty, the infinite power, the divine nature of God that's on display through creation. You know, uh, over the holidays, uh, we looked at John's writings, the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, the Revelation of John, and uh, probably one of the most uh, incredible things that John recorded is found in the opening words of his Gospel. He writes, no one has ever seen God, this invisible, eternal God that we've been talking about, uh, but the one and only Son, who is himself this eternal God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known to us. That's an incredible truth, that this invisible, eternal, almighty, all-powerful God has been made known to us in the person of Jesus Christ. But even a miracle, and beyond that, that infinite God made known to us perfectly through the person of Jesus Christ, he, he not only revealed God to us, he made God accessible to us. And that's a miracle that uh, this infinite God whom we had drifted far from, uh, Jesus not only makes him known to us, but he makes him accessible to us. Uh, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he would write about this marvelous opportunity. He says, he, Jesus, came and he proclaimed peace to you who were far away, that the barriers have been removed, and peace to those who are near. Uh, for through him, we both have access uh, to this infinite God uh, by the one spirit whom Jesus supplies us with. Uh, that's an incredible uh, statement uh, that this infinite, eternal God revealed through Jesus Christ has become fully accessible to you and I. Uh, Paul would write about this again in his next chapter. He says, in him, in Jesus, and through our faith in him, in relationship with this Jesus who reveals this invisible God, we may approach God, get this, with freedom and with confidence. Have you ever had to approach someone who maybe was a bit abrasive, maybe a bit intimidating, a bit scary? And uh, it's difficult to uh, feel comfortable being in conversation with someone like that. Well, uh, what Paul is saying here, miracle of miracles, is Jesus has made it possible for us to not only know God, but to approach God with freedom and confidence uh, through our relationship with Christ. And uh, so here, uh, it really opens the door uh, to our next uh, keystone habit. If our first is to every day find a way to marvel at God, uh, here's the second one, is every day uh, I find a place to meet with Jesus. 
Uh, every day I find a place to meet with Jesus because he alone can reveal this invisible God to me and he alone can give me access where I can come near to God with freedom and with confidence. You know, Jesus not only makes this reality available to us, he modeled to us uh, how that should look in our lives. In fact, uh, if you read through the four gospel accounts, uh, one of the things that stands out is Jesus often went to a place by himself, a lonely place, a solitary place, and he went there for one reason, to meet with God, to hang with God, to be with God, to approach his Father in heaven with freedom and with confidence and tap into this eternal, invisible, all-powerful creator. Uh, we're told in one of the Gospels very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he communed with God. He prayed, that's in Mark 135, in Luke 22:39, when Jesus is about to face his suffering and his crucifixion, it's all going to hit the fan. It's the most difficult time in his life because it was his habit to go regularly, find a place and be with God. We're told in Luke chapter 22, Jesus came out and he went as was his habit to the Mount of Olives and the disciples also followed him there. And there uh, he met and communed with God. Uh, you know, uh, I want to make this habit accessible uh, to you that you would not only find a way every day to marvel at God uh, through the witness of his creation, uh, but that you would make a place to meet with Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus went to a spot, as was his habit, and uh, it's hard uh, to make a habit, a reoccurring one, if we don't make it easy to do. And uh, as I was thinking about this, of course, I thought of my place where I meet with Jesus. In fact, here's a photo. Uh, here's my, uh, the chair that I sit in, uh, my cup of coffee uh, for my early morning meetups with Jesus, uh, my U version of the Bible on my tablet. And uh, as I... Uh, looked at this image, I got to tell you, I got a little bit emotional because I thought of the years that I've gone to that place uh, to meet with Jesus, and uh, there have been a lot of ups and downs in those years. There have been a lot of happy times, been a lot of sad times, been a lot of weary times, uh, but the reality is this. Uh, if we're going to experience that kind of communion with God that Jesus made available to us, we got to get in the habit of meeting with Jesus. Well, I, I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts that'll make these keystone habits achievable, doable in your life. Uh, here's the first one. Uh, to make big changes uh, in your life, you have to think small, and you have to start small, and you have to celebrate small. I uh, hear that again. You want to make big changes in your life? You want to become the kind of person who marvels at the immensity and the enormity of God, you live in that state of wonder. You want to be the kind of person that has a growing, intimate, powerful communion with Jesus Christ, giving you access to that God. You'd like to see those become realities. In your, you have to start small. You have to think small. You have to celebrate small. 
beginnings. Uh, here's what the prophet Zechariah said about big changes. He said, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And you should too. You know, you may not uh, do it perfectly. You may have a lot of days you miss. You may have those times when you, you can't really find a reason to marvel at the wonder and the immensity of God. Maybe your sadness and disappointment is clouding your vision. Uh, but here's one thing I found to be true. If you'll just show up, begin to open up, uh, God will fill up. Uh, hear that again. If you'll show up and begin to open up, uh, God will fill up that space that you make available to him. And uh, as I thought about that space of mine where I meet with Jesus and allow him to bring me into a communion with my creator, uh, some mornings all I can do is show up. I, I'm pretty reluctant to even open up, let alone receive and fill up. Uh, but uh, you got to learn uh, to rejoice, to celebrate, and to start with small beginnings. Well, before we go to prayer, just want to remind you of this. Uh, today is a new opportunity to marvel at your creator. You can do that today. You can find something, one thing uh, to, it could be the beauty of creation, could be the, the spring flowers, uh, could be the, the life and the joy and enthusiasm of children or your pets. It could be the heavens declaring to you the enormity of God. But today, is a, is a wonderful opportunity to marvel at God. And today is a perfect day to meet with Jesus. He's uh, waiting for you. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. He's inviting us into that kind of relationship where he can reveal God to us. Well, would you uh, pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you uh, for the revelation of yourself. Uh, thank you that though we have drifted far away from you, uh, you pursue us. And you uh, look for opportunities to draw us uh, into that kind of relationship with yourself where we can share your strength, your hope, your purpose. And it begins with experiencing your compassion and your forgiveness. Uh, maybe as you've uh, heard this message, you're thinking, you know, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. I certainly don't meet with Jesus every day, but there's something in your heart that longs for that. Uh, that's called faith. And if you'll act on that, Christ will meet you right where you are at. And uh, so I uh, do want to exhort you, uh, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Let that little nudge, a little urge uh, to think about God, to meet with Jesus, and let that begin to form a new life-giving keystone habit uh, in your own faith journey. Well, I do want to invite you before I let you go. Uh, to uh, partner with us in our mission to proclaim the hope of Christ to as many people as we possibly can. One of the ways you could do that would be to go to our website, arlingtonfm.com, click on the give icon and read about how God uses our collective gifts, our generosity uh, to further his work in the world. We'd love to have you partner with us in that way. And then uh, also, uh, if you have any questions, uh, you'd like a little more information about how it is you actually develop these keystone habits, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Here's my email address. Shoot me a note, and we will see you right here next week.